The opinions expressed on this program are those of the host or guests and should not be interpreted as statement of fact. Independent fact-checking and corrections are encouraged. Go get a cup of coffee in here, please. Damn good coffee and hot. Good morning, folks, people of Earth, this planet, my planet, my home planet. The not the only planet. I uh, I have other planets that I visit sometimes. Today is Wednesday. I had to think about that for a second. Wednesday, Jan- uh, <laughs> July sixth, January. July 6, 2022. Man, we're off to a flying uh, stupid start here this morning. Maybe um, maybe it's because uh, I, I'm the devil, according to uh, Laura Ingram. If you're not familiar <clears throat> with Laura Ingram, good for you. I, I admire you so much. I can't tell you how much. Uh, Laura Ingram is a uh, full-blown Nazi. Uh, host of uh fox news program and um she's got got the uh mass shooting from uh the fourth of july parade all figured out it's because the kid was a pot smoker because pot makes you weed actually 58 percent of people call it weed i call it weed because the kids call it weed but my day in my day we called it pot and Jackie still calls it pot. Jackie Martling, the joke man. Uh, I think people from my generation still call it pot. Anyway, I'll call it weed. So weed makes you a serial killer, according to uh, Laura Ingram, who probably needs to smoke some weed really badly to chill out and stop being such a hateful little bitch. Um, But here's the thing, folks. Here's the thing again. I always say here's the thing. Um, I think uh, well, there's 320 million people in America. I would think, just a rough guess, I'd say about 100, 125 people, 125 million people in America smoke weed. Are they all serial killers? Are they all mass shooters? If weed makes you a mass shooter, I know we have a lot of mass shootings in this country. But I would think if weed makes you a mass shooter, we'd have a hell of a lot more of them. A lot of people out there uh, partaking. You know, if you haven't noticed, and if you haven't noticed, you're probably not living on this planet. That a lot of states are making it legal. We have so uh, there's a reason they're making it legal because there's a demand for it. If there's a demand for it, a lot of people are doing it. And a lot of people are doing it, and they're not mass shooters. Maybe Laura Ingram should give some thought to the words that come out of her mouth. Uh, because she's not talking sense at all. And the funny thing is, most of the most of the people that I know 
And uh, this is not necessary. This absolutely is not a. Um, it's not indicative of a national pattern in any way. But most of the people I know, my friends who are Fox News watchers, also smoke a lot of weed. And some of them are weed dealers. Now, they probably won't be weed dealers for long as it's it's legally here, uh, legal in uh, New York State where I am. So they might not be weed dealers much longer. Um, but Fox News, Laura Ingram, you're, you're preaching to a crowd <laughs> pot smokers, weed smokers. I'm sorry. I keep calling it pot. I know. I got to get hip. I got to get on the, uh, the modern lingo, weed smokers. Uh, you're telling your audience that they're all mass, they're potential mass shooters. Now, um, this whole thing about Scromit, about, I don't know who came up with that whole idea of uh, smoking high-potency weed will make you scream and vomit, uh, which is, uh, yeah, this, uh, good morning, William. And there's still a strong underground market going here in uh, New York, but I think over time we'll see less and less of that as marketing and uh, market research starts to pick up on what people really want. Listen, there's no way the average weed dealer can keep up with corporate America and the resources they have for advertising and and, uh, bringing product that people want to market at a reasonable price. So for now, yes, there is an underground market going on at most places where uh, weed, pot, marijuana, what other names can we call it, has been legalized. But eventually, when business takes over, yeah, not, not if you keep getting better prices on the street, but you won't. That's my point. You won't keep getting better prices on the street as as corporate America starts to uh, do a lot of market research and find out where their potential business is getting lost. They will eat up that market, and they will uh, they will make it impossible for the underground black market people to compete price wise. Eventually, not not in the near future, maybe not in the next two or three years, but in time, definitely. You you. You have to understand, you can't continue to compete with somebody who's got the kind of resources that you most weed dealers don't have. Um, so you're talking about billions and billions of dollars versus a guy who maybe uh, is investing a few thousand dollars a month in his product and his business. And you have you're going to be dealing with mega corporations there's no way you'll be able to uh compete so yes now you're talking about now you're not talking about in the long run i'm sorry i mean i hate to disillusion the uh guys who are just getting into the weed business now of course you can grow your own uh but all that said 
it doesn't matter about all that stuff. The point I was, uh, that is important here is there's an awful lot of weed being smoked in America, far outnumbering, <laughs> thank God, far outnumbering the number of mass shooters. So if, if weed causes people to become mass shooters, we would, uh, we'd all be dead to, today. Um, so that's just a ridiculous, a ridiculous, um, position for her to take. And again, she's saying that to people in her audience, the majority of have smoked enough, uh, weed in, in her estimation to make them mass shooters. Yeah. Uh, what is Buddy saying? When weed stops being regulated and taxed, a recreational is not uh, not as an illegal, dangerous drug. It will eliminate the black market. Yep. Yeah. I hate to I hate to admit when he makes sense sometimes, but he made sense there. Maybe he wants to rethink that. Stop making sense. That's not. It's not part of your. Um, it's not part of your public image. You're not allowed to make sense. I'm sorry. Uh. Uh. Anyway. So that that just struck me this morning. Now, um, CJ uh, Hightower, a.k.a. CJ the Don, will be with us at 10 o'clock. Uh, CJ is a, a very funny uh, comedian out of Atlanta. I don't think he's uh, currently working the East Coast, though. I believe he's in Vegas. Um, I'll, I'll find out more about that and what he's up to. I was just reviewing his TikTok page when... Uh, the show started this morning, which was why I was a minute late getting started looking at his TikTok page. And it's, it's interesting what he's got going on over there. It's mostly uh, clips from, I want to say dating shows. I, I didn't even know any of these shows exist. Of course, I'm not a television guy and don't have television, don't know anything about what's going on on television. Um, but, um, it's just interesting, uh, the number of shows that are relationship-based, I get, and uh, it seems to, like, pit couples against each other in, like, I guess this is what uh, Will Smith and Jada Pinkett Smith were on that, that started the whole stuff about where she was, um, I don't know, confessing the cheating on him or whatever, but his TikTok page is full of that, and him just asking people to, to comment on it. It's, so it's not really his him doing comedy, which is what I would expect to find on a comedian's TikTok page. So just interesting stuff. Um, so he'll be here at 10. I'm not sure if uh, the Flat Earther will be with us today. Uh, I'm not sure what her status is right now. I haven't talked to her since last week. Um, I have a feeling she's a little bit... Mm, I shouldn't say. I, I have a feeling she's a little upset with the band, the Rockin' 45s, and of course I'm part of that. But I should say, in my own, I, I've been on her side of that, whatever that, <laughs> that's all about. Um, what else is going on in the world today? Well, Herschel Walker has a son named Christian. And. <sighs> You know, Ursula Walker is running for Senate in Georgia, which, you know, I don't fucking give a fuck about uh, Georgia's politics. I, the Senate is a an important body, and uh, we don't need, you know, 
Her, Herschel Walker is brain damaged, completely brain damaged. It wasn't a smart man to begin with. That being said, you want to vote for him, go to go ahead, fucking vote for him. I don't give a fuck. Um, but his son is uh, on Twitter, and I think his son needs a girlfriend very badly, very badly, because his son tweeted out about Nancy Pelosi's boobs. She's got huge boobs. <laughs> now, this is not political. This is if you're <laughs> if you're uh, hyper focused on an eighty year old woman's boobs. I didn't. I never even realized she had any boobs at all. I um, I've never looked. <laughs> Nancy Pelosi has, uh, and I I'm a. I'm an objectifier. You're looking at a guy here who, or listening to a guy who objectifies women all the time. But I've never objectified Nancy Pelosi and can't imagine it, even if I ate a bottle of Viagra and whatever Spanish fly or aphrodisiacs was loaded up on every horny pill under the sun. I think Nancy Pelosi would be the last woman I looked at with an eye for objectification. I just, that, that is what it says. So <laughs> pointing out that she's got huge boobs, it, it just strikes me that, you know, somebody, somebody needs a girlfriend really bad. So, and his father, uh, of course, his father is brain damaged, as I mentioned, and really, really, um, Really stupid to begin with, but somebody needs to have a talk with this young man and say, you know what, <laughs> stop looking at Nancy Pelosi's boobs, dude. Uh, get a grip. <laughs> get a grip on reality. Anyway, uh, so that is uh, is what's happening. Now, uh, I got a bunch of gigs coming up this weekend. It doesn't stop at, at uh, 4th of July. And, and you know what the the and I had this conversation a couple of times now, and people are yeah we have insane inflation right now, probably higher than it's ever been. Gas prices certainly higher than they've ever been, and the idea that uh, that will affect my industry, the party industry. It's not. It doesn't. It runs counter to experience in the in the world. In times of economic hardship, people party more. Uh, why that is, I don't know what the psychological triggers behind that are, but people don't stop going to clubs. They don't stop having parties. They don't stop drinking. They don't stop smoking weed. Oh, gotta watch out for those mass shooters, though. Um, or doing cocaine or any other party substance that they might have. They don't stop during times of uh, uh, hardship. Grocery stores uh, are are actually packed. So you can talk about, especially on the weekends when people are doing their summertime barbecues and all this kind of stuff, people are still spending on an escape. Entertainment is an escape. And I've studied this. I really have. I started studying this because I didn't believe it. 
when I was a young person, somebody told me uh, some, I think it was my grandfather who was explaining to me about how in the Great Depression, people were spending more on party, he didn't call it partying, but entertainment and, and frivolous spending more during the Great Depression than they were prior to the Great Depression. And prior to the Great Depression, remember, we had the roaring 20s when things were off the hook partying. So I started looking at it, even as a very young man on the correlation there, and it, it is absolutely true. In times of recession, people spend more on shit they don't need. Maybe it's we like to complain. Maybe it's an escape. Whatever it is. So CNN ran a piece, uh, and it was shared on Twitter by CNN's own account about how people were cutting back on partying for the 4th of July because of inflation and gas prices. And I say, nay, 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 that's not true. And I can tell you it's not true because not only am I in the party industry, but everybody, most of the people I socialize with, are in the party industry. And tip jars uh, for bartenders and for bands and for acoustic artists and people and comedians even, and people doing all sorts of private events, tip jars are overflowing. Clubs are packed, packed to the max. So the idea that people are going to cut back on partying because prices are high, it just runs counter to the reality of what we see. What does that mean for a society? Who knows? I mean, sometimes it is a catalyst that all that extra spending can, not always, but can impact the economy in a good way. Because, you know, spreading the money around. I don't necessarily, and I'm not an economist, so I can't, I'm talking out my ass here on that. But I do think um, that people who are just assuming because it's hard times and people are having a hard time paying their bills, that that means they're going to have a hard time paying for their, their fun. And somebody, and somebody people might know who've been on the show, I'm not going to even talk about them because it, it then it sounds like uh, I'm just continuing a Twitter fight on the podcast. But he said, you know, normal people don't hire entertainment bands or anything like that. Like, no, it's only elitist. I've only, everybody I've worked for for the last 22 years have been elitist. No, I have worked for some rich people. We get hired by rich people. But the majority of the people who hire us when we're doing private events are regular worker day folks. There are kind of people who haggle about the band price and say, oh, you six people in the band is this much. Oh, how, how much can we get for five people? How much, can, how, much, you know, how much will it cost if we only have four? How about an acoustic duo? So, yes, normal people hire bands. And there's an entire industry, a multi-billion dollar industry, built around normal people hiring entertainment. So the idea, uh, yeah, Kevin's got it right. Well, America does have, I don't think it's just America. I think worldwide people have a priority problem on where they spend their money, absolutely. So the idea that, you know, we're just going to stop partying because things are expensive. <laughs> that's, that's just silly. Uh, anyway, 
Uh, hope your birthday went well, Kevin. Good morning, everybody who's in the chat room. And I don't see, uh, I can't see the, all the chat rooms right now for some reason. I'm only seeing uh, YouTube right now. I think Budsy was there from fa on the Facebook side. I don't know who who else was on the Facebook side this morning or Twitch or any of those other places. I'm not seeing anybody there. Um, but I do see the numbers are pretty high, so there must be some people there. Anyway, two years. And that's part of it, too, two plus years. But uh, even if that were not the case, I think we'd still be partying pretty hard. Again, I think times of an economic hardship is, I don't know why, again, the psychological reason for it, who knows why, but we want to escape more, we want to, so yeah, but the COVID stuff definitely adds to it, I gotta, I gotta try to have some of this coffee, man, because I'm still half a fucking sleep, half a fucking sleep, I like when I put fuck in the middle of words, be it fucking numb, baby. Anyway, um, Joe Rogan made an interesting comment, and I'm, I'm not this. I'm not Rogan bashing here, but he made an interesting comment on the Lex Friedman uh, podcast. He said uh, there aren't a lot of real comedians out there. <laughs> I, and I guess he considers himself. Yeah, Joe Rogan endorsed DeSantis, though, which is bizarre. Uh, yeah. Uh, I could get get to that whole, you know, how, because DeSantis is an anti-weed guy, and weed is, weed and mushrooms and, and drugs like that are among, you talk about priorities, they're among Rogan's highest priorities. So he's endorsing DeSantis, who is stands for everything except... He stands for everything against Rogan uh, that Rogan stands for and, and holds as very high priority and important to him, except the anti-COVID, anti-maxing, anti-vax positions. Other than that, he doesn't, uh, Rogan, if he paid attention, doesn't see eye to eye with the census on any single issue. Maybe the, the homophobia I do think that, that they probably have some common ground on the homophobia. But the rest of the shit where, you know, the draconian, um, really strict conservative ideas uh, about partying and, and all that kind of stuff and, and drugs and the stuff that's really important to Rogan, they don't see eye to eye at all. Uh, but so he says there's only a handful of, Real comedians, I guess he counts himself as one. But in my, uh, and I don't want to, because it always sounds like I'm just being jealous of Rogan and his success. I'm not. I'm not. I've, I, well, I, I am, of course, enamored with the with the numbers his podcast gets. With, of course, because. That, those are some crazy numbers, and what podcaster would not love to have those numbers? I admit that, and I've admitted that plenty of times. Sure, I am jealous of those numbers. But Rogan as a person, I, I wouldn't trade places with him for all the money in the world. 
Uh, so, and I don't, so I don't want it to sound like that's what, it, but he considers himself one of the real comedians. Now, I have seen two of Joe Rogan's specials. I've never seen him live, but I've seen two of his specials. And I've seen his podcast for hours and hours and hours and hours. He's never said anything that I found funny. I have comedians on this program almost at least four days a week, sometimes five days a week, usually five days a week. I mean, we've had musicians, we've had filmmakers, but for the most part on this program, I have comedians. And many of them are at the beginner level within the first couple of years of their uh, career. And most of them, almost all of them, are far funnier than Joe Rogan. I mean, so he considers himself one of the the real comedians out there. My take on this, and I think if you ask any other successful comedian, is that there are thousands and thousands and thousands of comedians. Now, more people getting into it. Some people, many of them are genuinely funny people. Unlike Rogan. And here's the thing I'm going to say about Rogan. I do think he, he's, not a, he's not his success. And he, there is no arguing that he's not successful. But I think all of his success has to do with things not related to his comedy. In other words, he was a martial arts amateur champion. Good looking young kid. And went out to Hollywood and they said, oh, good looking young kid, athletic looking, got a good body. Let's cast him in something. And they put him on news radio. And he made a lot of money from being on a television show where he basically played a stupid muscle guy. Basically, not a stretch, not really acting. And he didn't. He wasn't a major part in that show, but still made a lot of money from it. Got a lot of recognition from it. And from that, he parlayed it into a show about uh, making people eat bugs or you know Fear Factor and all that stuff. And he got a few television shows based on that. Nothing, no great work there, and certainly no great comedy came from that at all. And the whole time he was doing stand up. But people knew him from television. Okay, and, and so they go to see him. Now, in a comedy club, especially when there's other comedians who are making the room feel like laughing and people go there to laugh. I'm getting messages from the wife I should look at. People go there to laugh. You can be mediocre and still get a laugh from people. Because you're you're in a club where people have paid money with the express intent of going there to laugh. So um, there was that. Now, he, his podcast started, and it blew up, and he got millions and millions of followers for, for the podcast. And so he's able to sell out arenas based on his podcast audience size. That doesn't make him a great comedian. That doesn't put him on the level of people who genuinely, Bill Burr and, and Dave Chappelle, and you can go down the list of guys who genuinely sell out because their comedy is really outstanding.
but he sees himself as a, a part of that group. He's not. I'm sorry. And, you know, if there are, are diehard uh, or just avid fans of Joe Rogan, Joe Rogan's comedy, who want to argue uh, with me on that, I would, uh, you know, I'm open to that discussion. Tell me where I'm wrong. You think he's one of the funniest guys out there? Again, I have beginners on. Robbie, I've I've had people on who've been doing it six months, who made me laugh harder than two complete specials that I've watched of, of Joe Rogan. I, I didn't find one laugh in any of Joe Rogan's stuff. I just thought it was weird. He was talking about getting high and aliens and all the stuff he talks about on his podcast, but none of it was funny. Anyway, what is Budgie saying about this envy and jealousy stuff? Envy and jealousy are different animals. Envy is a- admiration, while jealousy is not. Maybe. I don't know what to think about that. I'm too, too early for me to get all that heavy into the difference between envy and jealousy. Just enough to say that um, yeah, I, I am impressed with, with Joe Rogan's podcast. I am impressed with what he's been, and I no doubt he's very successful in that. This is not bitterness over that, because if I'm going to be doing that, there are, listen, here's the thing also. People keep saying he's the number one podcaster in the world. He's, I believe he's ranked number 125 or 126 as of this week, and he's never been ranked number one. So if I'm going to start ranking on people just because they have successful podcasts, there's 125 people ahead of him in line that I would be ranking on. I admire people who have successful podcasts, which is why I started doing it. And I think some of them are, are worthy of having that. And I do think he's good at it. Uh, he's good at podcasting. I don't think his opinions or, or his, uh, his takes, and I do think he's completely irresponsible, completely irresponsible. And I'm going to say this about, Because uh, I think he's full of shit a lot of times. I think he's full of shit because well, a couple of months ago when it was the height of his uh, first major attack in the media of, you know, his anti-COVID, uh, anti-vax, anti-masking stuff was causing controversy and having nothing but anti-science experts on. Um. And then the N-word tape that was put together of, uh, you know, basically him just saying that word over and over and over again, that was out there. And so he came out and he said, he was going to put a disclaimer. First, he said, I don't want any influence on politics. I'm going to stop having politicians on. And since then, he's had a number of politicians on. And again, he endorsed DeSantis on his show. So obviously, that was bullshit. I don't want to have any influence on politics. I'm going to endorse DeSantis uh, and have uh, politicians on constantly. And he said, uh, he said that Trump has reached out to him many times to be on the show and he's declined because he doesn't want to help him. Now, that's an interesting thing, and I'll come back to that in a moment. But he also said he was going to have a disclaimer on his show, and he never did. So in a lot of ways, he's full of shit. He's a... Maybe he just talks and doesn't even remember what he says, but I think 
I think some of it is willful deceit. And uh, so there's that part of it. And also, um, let me see. I got to read what my wife is. My wife is texting me like crazy right now. I'm sorry. I have to do this because it could be something important. If it's not, I'm going to be angry. Uh I don't know what she's saying there. The text is too small on this. My eyes are just too... I can't see what the fuck she's saying. I'm sorry. Uh, I just got to read my phone. I'm sorry, folks. I apologize for this right here. Uh looks like Kiera's in the back, so I'll bring her in a minute. I mean, Flat Earther. I, I don't, I'm not going to call her by her name anymore. I'm just going to call her Flat Earther. Uh, Brookhaven National Lab is doing prescribed burn today, July 6th, between 10 a.m., Oh, so they're, um, and they're going to be smoking me out. You may see and smell smoke during these hours between 10 a.m. and 5.30 p.m. So uh, in in case we're going to deal with brush fires, we're setting the woods on fire on purpose. Makes perfect sense to me. I don't know. Um, anyway, uh, so... Where was I? Oh, on the Rogan stuff. So I think uh, he's definitely full of shit on that stuff. But I do think he's delusional if he thinks. And I didn't. I started this not to get on, be bashing on Rogan, <laughs> but uh, if he thinks he's one of the the few real comedians in the world, I think he's kidding himself. He's delusional about that because I know pers- I personally know a hundred comedians who are funnier than him. Going to have one on today. Going to have one on tonight, Derek Sheen. Going to have one on tomorrow morning, in, in, uh, uh, Chris. And I have Carl on. Carl is funnier than Joe Rogan. Uh, Jamie is, can be funnier when he tries, but usually he's too busy snoring. Um, I've ha- you know, I've had many, 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 many comedians on who are funnier. Uh, than Joe Rogan. Anyway, uh, Flat Earther isn't here. I'm gonna see why she looks angry. I'm gonna see what's what's her deal. Maybe she doesn't like being called Flat Earther. Uh, it's time for the Flat Earth Minute, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, the Earth is not flat. Hey, good morning. Good morning. Wait, you know, you're on the wrong side. Wait. Oh. Um. Are you mad about something? You look angry. Very mad. Why? I'm so mad. About what? What's what, everything? Are they burning your house down too? Your yard down? Your woods down? Um, I don't think so. Huh. Just yours. Oh. I don't know why you buy the pine barrens. What? Yeah. What well, you know, be, woods. Yeah, Brookhaven. Book, Brookhaven is. That's where the cow got. Remember when the bull got lost? You remember yes. the bull? Well, yes. that's where he was. He was in that woods. That from my house down to the South Shore, nothing but woods, uh. except on the right side. Now they have this, like this small city that they built down by, uh, where is it? By by the expressway, on on William Floyd, they just put up like this mini little city of uh, apartment complexes with all these stores in it. You know how they... It's yeah, like a, everywhere. It's everywhere. That's a, that's a weird thing. Yeah. yeah, but they put an apartment complex in and there's like a Walmart in the middle of it and there's like this major shopping center 
and a, and a fake lake and a little fake golf course and all these apartments that they built. So it's oh, like a Walmart fake... is a centerpiece. That's uh, I know. <laughs> it's like a, little... a fake city. Oh, wow! Weird. Yeah, very. That is weird. weird. So um, yeah. <sighs> So it's all woods from here. So they're going to be burning the woods to keep the woods from burning. Ah, I see. Makes total sense. Control burn. And I'm going to be getting smoked out. So any minute now we can expect smoke coming. Just bring some hot dogs on a stick and just take advantage. Cook, cook, you know, cook see, your meals. I, I don't know why, why Travis said you were dumber than a, a bag of rocks. Who said that? Travis... Uh, the guy you call boring. Aww. But he That's said sweet. worse. He said worse about me, so don't feel bad. And it was because he was angry at me. Why? Um, why? All right, I'll tell you exactly why. I, I didn't want to have to do this. <laughs> oh, wow. So he... Okay, I tried to ahead. avoid this, but I'm going to... On Twitter, there was a CNN piece about partying, people cutting back on partying because... Prices were so high, gas prices are so high, all this stuff. And right. I said that that's bullshit. That's bullshit. People, it, prices are high and gas prices are high, but nobody's cutting back on partying. They're cutting back on paying their real bills. People right. are still still partying just as hard. Uh, he said, "You don't live in the world that I live in, man." Whoa. I said, uh, "He said prices are high and it costing me everything. I'm paying more for everything." I said, "I am. I do live in that reality. That's not right. the point I'm making." I'm saying I'm talking about the piece that CNN put out saying people are stopping partying because of it. I work in the party industry and I see tip right. jars are still full of money or right. even more full of money. People are still hiring bands and entertainers and bar, private bartenders and all this thing. They're still going on. People are partying like crazy. I said, context matters. I said, you wouldn't know context if it bit you in the dick. And I said, you know what? You can bite my dick. And that's when he came back. Oh, you're just a, a dope. You never have any interesting people on. And uh, well, you got I a can. co-host who's <laughs> as, yeah. you got a co-host who's as dumber than the bug rocks, you know. And so I, I, wow. I that's where I'm, I dropped it. I'm honored. But, yeah. So then he went. He started becoming passive aggressive and saying, "All podcasters uh, are." All they want to do is hear themselves talk, and I just kind of chuckled. Wow! At that because funny. when I had him on here. He did nothing but talk. He very did all slowly. the talking, and, and and the major complaint from everybody was why why didn't you cut him off that boring fuck? <laughs> See, oh, we'll miss him a lot. We'll miss him. Couldn't wait to have him back. No, on the he's show. A, he's. A, I said before we had him on, I said you can't know somebody from social media, so I wanted to get to meet him. Now that I've met him, I feel like I do know this much about him. I feel like he's an angry a bitter person who's a failed comedian and a failed film, a filmmaker and spends all his time trying to start fights with people as a way to get attention for himself. That's, 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 that's very nice. Yeah. 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 So anyway, that was that. So uh, did you want to, did you want to tell anybody why, why you had, you couldn't make the show yesterday or you, that's a private matter and you don't it's, want anybody to know about it. private. It's private uh, matter. Uh, something bad, something to be concerned about. No. Did you kill somebody? Did no, I kill somebody? Did 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 you commit a crime? No. Did you go to jail for something? Did, did, were the police at your door? No. Were you questioned? Were you brought in for questioning? No. 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 Okay. Are you mad at Mikey? 
I'm not mad at Mikey. I mean, I kind of was. I kind of I was. was. Like, I, I let him know like... about it. But I, I will tell you this. Oh. I had okay. words with him. I had words with him about it. He understood, and I think he felt it because it affected him personally. But Mikey has no remorse button and no no sense of any. It affected him personally? Of course it did. Oh. We were playing. First of all, you didn't know this. I know you saw the text. But I, as I told you before the gig that you weren't on, he thought it was a business party a business meeting type of thing. And when I got there, there was a sign on the on the gate that said, congratulations, Ori and Lisa. I said, this is a fucking wedding. Oh. And I went I went to the maitre d' and I said, is there a <laughs> wedding here today? Oh, yeah, there's a wedding here today. So I go call Mikey up. Dude, you booked a party not knowing it's a wedding. I'm dressed in regular clothes this i'm not dressed to be playing a wedding nobody in the band is we're like a bunch of fucking slobs showing up at a wedding oh my gosh and barone's not on the gig steve's on the gig so barone's vocals are out you're not there bill's on the mm. gig bill doesn't sing bill sings so one now, song not well and uh <laughs> and so that means i'm the number two singer i'm the second best singer we have on the gig which is never a, a place you want to especially at a wedding and with a wedding where you really need somebody who can sing at last <laughs> and or, or any kind of romantic type of songs we have nobody now and so yeah. yes it affected him like mikey you're on the hook for this whole fucking wedding now you have to be the wedding singer so yeah, he got it. I was like, it was a dumb idea to do that anyway. It's like we need more voices. We don't need a second guitar. We worked twenty-two right. years with one guitar. Right. Why did you feel it was more important to have a, a second guitar who doesn't? It's not. I thought because they knew Bill personally that these people. They yeah, they knew Steve personally. They never met Bill. Never met any of them before. Oh, so now yeah. now I'm kind of offended. Yeah, well, it's because Mikey, <laughs> because he asked for five instruments or something. Yeah, five pieces. But I said, that doesn't mean instruments. Five people is five people, and you need singers. You don't need another. So it was, but it, we got through it, and it was fun. But again, the point I'm making about Mikey, he has no, it hurt him, and he got the point that he'll never do that again, and he'll, he'll talk to me before he makes those kind of decisions. But it's not, he's like not like remorseful in any way. He he doesn't have a remorse bone in his body. Mm. Like he he could stab his his best friend in the back and not realize that he did anything as long as he had fun. Right. <laughs> right. It always comes. I had fun. <laughs> that's that's his that's his uh, measurement stick of how things went. Well, I I I enjoyed it. Mm. So. Oh well. Uh... Speaking of fun gigs, the gig that we played was uh, Oodles. Had a lot of fun. <laughs> well, they loved us, so fuck whatever. <laughs> and it was short, short and sweet, Friday night. I don't I think liked... I've ever had a more unpleasant experience. Really? Yeah, I just felt like, I don't know. I, I, I don't mind being background music, but I feel like we were just, they shut the lights off on us and... They did? Yeah, they did. They uh, 
they shut down the party room behind us. Then the room that we were playing in, they shut the lights, and all we had was that bright. I didn't even notice they shut the publican sign behind us. Yeah, and everyone was at the bar, not paying attention. I and think we're they always... were paying attention because those are the ones who went to the owner and said they they loved us and, w- and wanted to see us back there. And those are the people that came and kept putting money in the in the in the jar and asking for songs. So I don't think they were not paying attention. They would the room was just so big that they were separated from us and they didn't want to be sitting at those tables. Yeah, that's not the first time we were in the wrong room. Yeah, yeah, it's, no, it's very common. We're in the wrong room. We're not where the the crowd is. We're not where the people are. That are drinking and I don't like that. And I I've I played lots of gigs where you're separated from the people and it's and weird. I just you know I don't like that that whole that's what the Long Island Yacht Club is for me. When we play there, the Yacht Club, we're really separated from the people and yeah, I, that's not a we're really... facing the wrong direction. We're not even facing the people. It's weird at that club. Well, because people are in every direction, though. So you yeah, can't really but the majority face... are at the pool, or you know, off Kids to the, the side. Pool. Yeah, I want to be in the pool. No, we should be right on the pool. That's where they should have the band, right uh, on the pool. They should have a, a floating stage on the pool. Okay, <laughs> that would be fun for me. Except Mikey would rock the fucking thing, and we'd all fall off. Right. So wait a minute. So that was one of uh, that was not a fun gig for you. Was it uh, less fun than being on the boat at E.B. Elliott's? I loved being on the boat at E.B. Elliott's. Now, uh, I know weird. that you had a hard time. I know, <laughs> I know. But I I loved it. I wanted to go back there. That, that's separated from the people though, because the people are all yeah. on the deck far away, and you're not you're on this boat. It was pretty weird. It was weird, but I, I never sang on a boat before, so it was pretty awesome. And I don't, I'm not seasick, so Mikey rocked the boat the whole entire time. Yeah, was it wasn't fine. as bad. You didn't experience the real rocking. I got off the boat, so I. But he can get the boat really, really rocking, so you would get, to, and you would not be able to stand up. You'd be falling a lot. Mm. If, so he, I think he was pretty calm, and I think he got off the boat quite a few times and got up on the deck. I yeah. don't know. I don't remember it, but that was no. the night I was accused of pole dancing because I was holding. Oh, I was holding on to the. Yeah, the your ex-husband was, was looking to fight people. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was holding on, so I didn't fall over because my. Oh yeah, so that, yeah. yeah, so so he he did rock it hard enough that you had to. Hold he did. On. I had to hold yeah. on, and he said, "I saw you pole dancing." So. All right. Yeah. All right. All right. So I did like a grandma pole dance. You know. Like yeah. This. So, uh, 4th of July, did you have a, a decent 4th of July bomb? I did. I, I went out to Bayville. I looked for... Uh, Jackie? You did Jackie. go to Jackie's house. You did? I would have sent you his address. You could have stopped by his house. He was on the beach that day. Really? So were we. Yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah, because... Uh, uh, but there's no... I don't know if you have a problem up there. I have no... I can't send text messages or anything up there. I, w- I was texting him to let him know I was in his backyard and uh, could, it wasn't getting through to him. Oh, no, we didn't have a problem yeah. with that. No, it was uh, fun. Actually, yeah. my family knows him. I think they live close by to him. And yeah. Wow. Well, yeah. Small world, small world. Does he know that? He probably doesn't know that, does he? They'll know them if I say their name. 
I'm not okay. going to say it here. No. But I, I'd like to mention that to him and so see what he says. Oh, yeah. So anyway, um, I started being... I don't want to talk about the, the thing that happened on the 4th of July with the, the shooting and all that stuff. But oh, yeah. Laura, Laura Ingram on Fox News is saying weed weed is the reason. The kid smoked weed and that made him a mass shooter. Oh, got my any gosh. Com- got any comments on that? Uh, I don't think weed would... I don't know. I don't want to comment, but I don't think... Right. My, my, my comment on it was there are probably 120 million or so, just a rough guess, Weed smokers in America. We, it, it, I know we have a lot of mass shootings, but I think we'd have a lot more if, if weed was the reason. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, I've been smoking for 50 years plus on and off. Uh, I never I never even shot one person, never mind um, lots of people in the city. And I know lots of people. <laughs> it just doesn't make any sense at all. But just... Uh, it's just astonishing to see somebody make that claim in a time where it, you know, many states are making it legal. It's it's everywhere, and just about everybody I know does it, including a lot of people who watch her. And she's mm-hmm. telling me, "Well, we don't make you a mass mass shooter." What the fuck is? Where did that come from? Wow. Uh, yeah. Uh, Terrible. It looks like. A, Looks like our guest is in the back end, but it turned his camera off and he doesn't want to be seen he's being shy. Maybe maybe because it's still early because he's not supposed to be on for another ten minutes. So I can't stay the whole time. I have to You don't have to stay the whole time. I you have wanna to get to call dentists. Huh? I have to find a good dentist. Oh um. so it all comes together now. The story comes together. Uh I, I get what happened. <laughs> no, you don't. Well, yeah, to... while you weren't on yesterday, what happened was you pissed Matt off in the middle of the night. He punched you in the mouth, knocked out some of your teeth. Mm. You spent the day yesterday in pain, and now you have to go get a bridge put in today. Oh, my gosh. Right? I'm right. No. I'm, psych- I'm psychically right. I'm perfectly... I perfectly it all aligned. Out. Perfect. I figured it all out. There. So you want to give that a happy news a bit and get the hell out? Uh, I Yeah, I... I'm a flat earth my... a flat earth news and get the hell out a flat earth oh i had a good article but i i didn't i didn't save it uh did did you um, hear the dog got about the florida man who killed the chicken with a stick no like, what are you doing he, he hit the said, chicken multiple times he, he he the said stick? the guy's he said his neighbor's rooster was attacking him and so he killed it with a stick and then he was on the news saying, they're killing chickens everywhere, man. The guy, why he call the chicken police on me? They're killing chickens every day at KFC and Popeyes. Oh, he's right. <laughs> no, they're already, they're already dead by the time he's they right. get there. No, he's not. They're already dead. They're in pack. They're parts by the time they get to. Oh. It's, not like it's not like if you go to KFC, there's live chickens in the back and they go, hey, wait, kill that one. We need them. Oh, I mean, <laughs> he's not wrong. He is I, wrong. I, oh, I witnessed, I witnessed a murder uh, yesterday or the day before. But it was a dog murder. And so my question is, are there any repercussions for hit and run of a dog? Well, uh, it was just the way it was done. Yes. It was, we were at the gas station. Um taking out a small loan to get some gas 
and uh, this car drove into the gas station and out of the gas station. And in that, in that time, there was a dog's head stuck in the grill and its body was being dragged. Like they had hit it and I, I guess they didn't know. And they had dragged the dog through the gas station. We thought it was a doll at first because it was just limp. And then when they went to leave the gas station and they hit the curb, it released the body and the body was laying in the, in the road. That's and, fucking uh, gruesome, man. That's oh my totally gosh, it was gruesome. terrible. It was a and was, small thing. Did he die so, immediately? Was he dead immediately or did it suffer for a while? I, I wouldn't know. And I'm staring at the body and then, and then it was on like a main road. So traffic was coming. So I was bracing myself and, but all the cars went around it and this couple got out. They had gloves they had like a medical kit. They dragged the dog to the side. It was crazy. It was gone. But I don't know. Like, how there do you are not repercussions. Know? There, there is. A, there is. Uh, you, if you hit an animal, you're supposed to report. Stop and report it, and all that stuff. It looked so, like they didn't know it was stuck in their grill. It, uh, I don't like know they how... were oblivious to the whole thing. They didn't. I had no idea. It seemed like it. While Matt thought they drove through the gas station to get it off the car. I, I thought they drove in and saw the gas prices and left. <laughs> but the thing, but the thing had to be head on to to get hit, you know, and get stuck in their grill. So I, how do you not hear that? Uh, I think Matt's closer to the uh, not being there. It sounds. I don't think because gas prices are high everywhere. Nobody's saying, "Oh wait, it's six eighty nine here. We can get it for six eighty seven down the block or whatever." No, or whatever. Matt does that. He'll, for two that. cents, he'll, he'll go to one yes. of the gas stations. Yes. Yeah. And it's well, actually that, like significantly just... cheaper in Lindenhurst and Copeg, Amityville, than really? where we are. Yeah. I noticed even here on the main street in Rocky Point, 70 cents difference between a, oh. a corporate run BP station and a just a regular independent gas station down the block. 70 cents difference on regular price. Which was cheaper. On regular gas. The uh, independent is cheaper than the corporate. Corporate BP is, is price gouging. Of course. That's what that means. Of course. Yeah, seventy yeah, cents. We have the BP seventy here, cents yeah. is a lot on a uh, a full tank of gas. Now, if you have a twenty gallon, that's uh, uh, what fifteen dollars or so, or yeah. sixteen dollars savings. Right, that's a big deal. I rented a horse. I've been riding the horse everywhere. No, is that a joke? Next... Is that a joke or? I rented oh, one. Seriously. Yeah, he's outside. He's parked outside. He's no, in a no, parking no, spot. No, 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 it's a joke. Tied you can... him to the post. I actually put like the uh, the steering wheel lock over his his neck, <laughs> so nobody rides. See him. this now? You now you like Joe Rogan unfunny. Um, <laughs> <laughs> what? because you can lease a horse here on Long Island, but you can't take him off the off you know on on the streets and stuff. I actually gotta... had him branded Tesla. So I tell people I'm riding a Tesla. Yeah. But he doesn't run on batteries, so. No, We're see, you're, you're making Ray Rogan's case for him about people not being funny. Uh, but I, I think. Oh, nobody's funny? He thinks he's funny. Yeah, he thinks he's oh. one of the funniest comedians out there. He, But his take was that there aren't that many comedians working right now. It's like, man, you're not paying attention. You're not right. paying attention. What is... uh? 
Kevin's got a beast. He's got one of these big trucks. You know, one of the Ooh. trucks that, you know, when you look at, no matter how big your car is, you can't see around the truck. He's got one of those. It's, wow. it's, as, it's as big as the trailer he's pulling. 36-gallon tank uh, on, on it. So 36 gallons, uh, if you're saving 70 cents a, a gallon on a thing, that's that's significant. That's like 20, 25 bucks savings yeah. or something. 28 yeah. bucks. That's crazy. Just doing, yeah. So, do you have happy news or no? You because you, I know you got to go get your bridge put in because uh, you got your. I teeth have to find out. a dentist that's not drill happy. Who's not gonna? Uh, I'm not. I don't like dentists. I don't like oh. doctors, but I don't like dentists. Me neither. Me neither. I have a major problem with. It. Oh, uh, that why I haven't been to the dentist in a long time because five years ago I went to a dentist, uh, for and he wouldn't do. I needed some. I need a tooth pulled, and he wouldn't do it because he said uh, I have a tumor in my neck uh, that need, needs to be taken. No, I've had this tumor for forty years. It's it's like a gland, but it, sometimes it gets inflamed and sometimes it doesn't. Anyway, he wouldn't do that. As he said, you got to go get that tumor get taken out of your neck. And my wife had just had surgery, having a tumor taken out of her neck, and she had Bell's palsy face for like two years. And what? Like, I, I, yeah, because the guy made me fucked up. He yeah. actually came out to me and said that he fucked up in the middle of the operation. Oh, something went wrong, blah, 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 blah. And I told her, and I said, we, we should sue this guy, but because she's, you know, Christian, and that's not what the Christian thing to do. She didn't want to sue the guy. I was like, no, it was malpractice. He fucked you up. We got we to gotta sue him. Everybody sues him for malpractice she didn't want to do it anyway long story short <laughs> i'm trying to make it short uh the, the dentist wouldn't pull my teeth because of that now it blew up on sunday morning before the gig that i had to be the second best singer on on the gig i had this huge lump in my throat it, it was inflamed and i look like earache and the whole bit so on oh, top wow. of everything else yeah yeah is it it's gone, gone down? down. It's gone, oh, wow. It's gone down now. It gets, goes big and goes. But they said, they, I'm supposed to have surgery to get it taken out. Anyway, uh, I guess is uh, patiently waiting. Do you want to get out? Do you want to give me your, your, your flat earth story and get the hell out so you can go get your teeth drilled? <laughs> is it safe? You know. He's gonna drill like crazy. Because when when you when your boyfriend it's not or my husband mouth. You, it's not well, my mouth. Oh, I was gonna say because like when your when your man punches your teeth out like he did the other night, um, it, there's a lot of drilling involved. Go ahead, now come on. Do you have something? Yes, I do. <laughs> um, from Good News Network, uh, Britain's kindest plumber hailed as a modern day hero for charity work that has helped over fifty two thousand families. Um, wow, a plumber That's a in lot England's, of plumbing. Yeah, is being hailed as a modern day hero. After he founded a social enterprise, which has helped more than 2 million of UK's most vulnerable people, James Anderson, who's 54, runs DEPHER, D-E-P-H-E-R, and it stands for um, Disabled and Elderly Plumbing and Heating Emergency Repairs, and from paying people's bills they can't afford to offering emergency plumbing and heating services, delivering food parcels, and covering funeral payments, there is not a lot DEFER, much like plumbers for that matter, can't do. Wow. Heating services make sense because I could see how poor people would need, uh, you know, some help. Their burner goes out well, and need to kind of get it restarted and all that stuff. So that yeah. makes it more sense. Because I, I was just thinking, do poor people need that much plumbing help? I mean, I mean. Wow. Uh, well, uh, 
disabled and elderly. Disabled so. and elderly. Okay. Good for him. That is a happy news story. We yeah. want to applaud him. We want to send him a free T-shirt. Okay. All right. Get his address. Okay. Yeah. I'll get his address get, for you. Get his address and we'll send him a free uh, Coffee with the Dog T-shirt and uh, maybe a, a wrench. <laughs> he probably got his own. He's, He's got, got his, his own, own wrench. wrench. <laughs> could send him something else. Like, uh, I'll think about it. Yeah, think about it. All right. Well, good luck having your, your teeth fixed. Uh, I know. And next time we see you, you'll be all smiles, right? Showing off your new teeth. Anyway, bye for now. Oh, okay. Uh, CJ Hightower is also known as CJ the Don. He's a full-time comedian mixing dry sarcasm with biting uh, contemporary uh, uh, commentary on life. Now, biting, uh, I hope that isn't literal biting, uh, but (laughs) he's a funny guy and uh, interesting TikTok page that I'm going to want to talk to him about. Ladies and gentlemen, please open your ears, open your minds, and help me welcome in CJ Hightower to Coffee with the Ducks. CJ, hey, what's up? How, how are you? You're Atlanta-based, right? I'm Atlanta-based, but I also got a little pad down here in Jacksonville, Florida as well. Oh, Jacksonville. Okay. That's where I'm at right now. Oh, uh, yeah. I saw some palm trees and some pictures that you posted, and I was like, well, that's not that's not Atlanta. I don't see palm trees in Atlanta. <laughs> hey, let me tell you, I had to get out of Atlanta, man. It, it, right. it was rough. You know what I mean? You know, back... I was born in the 80s, right? So back in the 80s, it was just a misdemeanor uh, to be born there. Now I, I heard, <laughs> now I heard it's a full felony. Yeah, so I had to get out of there, man. It's it's bad like that. It's bad. I saw something yeah. that you were in Vegas, so um, maybe I'm all over the place. But I could have sworn I saw something of, of you performing in Vegas recently. No. Yeah, yeah. I went out to Vegas. Uh, a couple comedian buddies of mine called me out. I host. Uh, couple gigs on the weekends over down um at uh planet hollywood and uh uh, yeah we had a good time man but i'm gonna tell you about vegas have you ever been out there oh yeah lots lots yeah man the panhandling is out of control a dude actually tried to sell me an iphone one like (laughs) i'm like dude that's not even in circulation man you got he he didn't even have a charger for it iphone one that thing was like a dinosaur man it was crazy iPhone one, you know, if you ever need like some some old technology, go out there, just walk around. They got they got it, man. They got an iPhone one. That's crazy. Wild. Yeah, no, I when I go out there, I basically stay in the hotels because I generally go out there in July and it's 120 degrees out, and who the hell wants to leave? Go out on the street when it's 120 degrees. (laughs) It's burning up, man. I, I I actually ran from one hotel to the next. Running in 120 degrees. Now that that's something for a young man to do, not for me. Yeah, um, it's crazy out there. But Atlanta, uh, as far as I know, Atlanta's got a, at least from the people I've had on this podcast has a thriving stand-up comedy scene. No, like, yeah, lots of work. Yeah, Atlanta is. That's my home. That's where I grew up. Uh, you know, dodging all type of. Uh, bullets and everything out there but uh the the comedy realm is really good you got you know the atlanta comedy uh theater and 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 you also have the home of uh uptown comedy corner which a lot of those 
comedians back in the day he ended up on Def Jam. And uh, it's a, it's got a big history of comedians. Yeah. The only thing now is so many comedians is in it, but it's only one opening for, for you know, there's only one job, but you got like 300 comedians that's trying to get the job. So it's, it's, it's that type of thing. A I'm lot glad, of talented people. I'm glad you said that and went there because I wanted to talk to you about this. And uh, because I just saw last night on a clip from Joe Rogan on Lex Friedman's podcast said there's only a handful of real comedians uh, working today. And I, I was like astonished because every day I have another comedian on this program. And I know personally, I know hundreds of comedians and uh, almost everyone I know is better than him. But... <laughs> but but so he thinks he's one of the few real comedians out there working. And, you know, he, the fact that he's selling out stadiums, but I don't think he does it based on his comedy. That's a whole other discussion. But the idea that there's only a handful of real comedians out there, that, there's not. There's more comedians now than ever, right? Or am, yeah. am I just delusional about that? No, no, you're right. It's I don't know what the... With statistics that Joe Rogan is going off, he must be uh, going to a palm reader or something, getting his information because that's insane. It's it's so many comedians. I have it's down here that's pound for pound funny in Jacksonville and Atlanta. I don't been to New York, uh, everywhere, man. But it, it, once once we sit down and come off stage, a lot of these guys do uh, smaller shows. Uh, you you could go to a um, these back rooms and you you would laugh your complete ass off um with some of these seasoned guys these guys just haven't got mainstream right and that that's the problem i i, I can name I, I know 15 straight off the head where i can just name comedians that can give you a solid hour and your stomach be hurting right so, is, is is part of it and you know what luck they say luck is a uh, residue of design and, and hard work and all that stuff but i think part of it is luck and and just having kismet in your favor uh some breaks that go your way and you can get noticed and so i think a lot of really talented people for some reason don't get that exposure don't end up selling out arenas like that but that doesn't mean they're not talented and really really funny uh do you agree yeah, I agree 100%. It's just like you go and you walk down the street and you hear a jazz musician that can play uh, anything that's in the theaters or, or anything that, you know, some of this classical stuff that's just awesome. And you stop and you give him money in his hat and you're like, man, somebody need to discover this guy. Same way as comedians to me. Yeah. Um, you, you, These guys just don't get it. I don't know if it's like, it's like, I think being a mainstream comedian is almost like winning the lottery in a sense. Yeah. Where I do too. It's got to be timing. It's got to be the right person that's going to put you in the right movie or the right, give you the right show or the right exposure. And a lot of these guys that did make it, it took them 20 years of bouncing around doing shows from place to place before they caught that big break. So right. uh, I, I agree with you on that. Yeah. And I'm going to use Rogan again. And I, I, I really shouldn't because. Uh, I'm known as a guy who bashes Rogan and people think I'm just jealous of him because he has a, a podcast that is probably a million times as many viewers as I do. That's, that's not the case. But uh, I do think he's exactly what you're talking about. He's a guy who 
got he was a good looking young beefcake and got a job on a television show because Mitzi, uh, the owner of the comedy store, believed in him, put him on stage. People saw him there, but he wasn't necessarily all that funny. He got a sitcom where he played himself, basically, and got rich and famous off of that and then had one show after another. Then his podcast blew up. So his comedy career and the fact that he's selling out arenas is based on his his podcast work, his television work, and all that stuff, not on his comedy work. And let's I, I have to say, it's all subjective, but I watch two of his specials, and everybody I have on the show makes me laugh more than his two, his, both his specials. I didn't find one laugh in either of his specials. And I have guys who have been doing it for two years or something, or even one year on this program in the morning, and they'll make me laugh hard twice in an hour. More than he did in, in two, hour, two hour specials. I'm, I'm going to tell you, when I was growing up, and when I finally, the first time I seen Joe Rogan, he was on uh, MTV, I think, doing something on there, doing some show, and then I seen him again on Fear Factor. And this is, I'm being honest, I'm not trying to be funny or anything like that. I did not know Joe Rogan did stand-up at all. Right. I, I right. actually thought he came from MTV and then Fear Factor. I thought he was just a guy to eat bugs all the time. Yeah. But that's what he would do on the show. He would eat the, you know, roaches and all that. And so I was like, okay, this guy's nuts. But I never know he was, just, you know, a stand-up comedian until later. And then I'm like, you, I did check. I, I, he's so popular because of the mainstream in the platform that he's given so i i finally checked out his stand-up and boy he got lucky i'm gonna just yeah, say right, 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 he, right. he really got lucky um and he like i say he's out there at the comedy store which is you know it is the most popular place you could be out in the on the west so i, I just think you know he knew the right people and the net, like i said networking is one of the biggest parts of that yeah. You bet. And to have somebody uh, like Mitzi Shore just fall in love with you because of your body and then want to push you, is it definitely helps people. Yeah. Now, uh, on the uh, flip side of that, I had Steve Byrne on the program. Steve Byrne is a very successful comedian. And basically when I was uh, I was basically kissing his ass a little bit because, uh, you know, basically telling him that my success is not anywhere near his and how much I was in, in you know enamored with uh, what he's been able to do and he stopped me and said listen we're all in this together we're all no matter what level you are a lot of it is breaks and all that stuff but don't ever discount yourself because you're not selling out uh, like theaters and stuff and I am we're all part of the same industry and things can go well for somebody doesn't mean it's not a reflection of how good you are it's a reflection of the breaks that have come your way the opportunities that that you've been able to cash in on and, and that kind of stuff so that that was a humble uh approach to it and i appreciate that guys who don't get a big head about themselves and say well i must be i must be so much better than these other people i appreciate that so i you know yeah two different perspectives on that um yeah, so, Joe Rogan, he's 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 delusional sometimes. You you know this guy is just yeah. some wrong. Yeah, some wrong with him. Yeah, yeah. yeah he thinks uh, he's a, a, a MMA fighter too. So you know, that that tells you that he's a little delusional. Right. You know, he's he tried to get into the MMA. He got oh, a, yeah. he he kicks the the uh, the bag the <clears throat> the uh, boxing bags. He kicks the punching bags, but the, you know they don't hit back. So I know. Well, that, I say that to almost every 
every, you know, and I don't, I totally have respect for people who are into the martial arts, but that doesn't make you a good fight. You know what makes you a good fighter? Fighting and and getting beat up. <laughs> yeah. Losing, yeah. losing fights. If you, if you can survive getting your ass kicked enough times, you'll be a good fighter. <laughs> man. But, yeah, they, and the, those you know, guys put their life on the line, man. That's how they make their ends meet. Like I have so much respect for MMA fighters. That's why when somebody come in and just think they can do it and haven't went through all the sacrifices that all those professional guys does, I'm like, hey man, get out of here. You know that just that's that's a serious craft. So uh, I right. agree with you on that, man. Yeah, it's something else. You know, uh, last night or the night before, I was watching a video of yours from Punchline, and, and that's I think you were in Vegas, right? And but right beneath that, there's a video of a guy who's staring down gang members. He's just going up to him, like giving him an evil stare, and people are like, "What's your problem, man?" And before you know it, they want to kick his ass, and he, he's like running away, saying, "There's a camera there, the camera there." But he's it's this guy who's just like looking to get his ass kicked by gang fighter, uh, gang members, and just going up and. <laughs> giving him an evil stare i thought it was the most hysterical thing but i also thought this guy has got a death wish because <laughs> to, yeah. just to be able to just go out and just like try to in- intimidate badasses on the streets <laughs> man he's he's got a serious death wish for real man because you never <laughs> you never know what somebody's gonna do these days man like it's it's everybody's on edge right now you know with the with the big c going around and all that man it's a little c the big c's cancer Oh, the big C. C. Okay, the little C. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, the little C. Yeah. Yeah. That that thing there, you know. So, uh, yeah, with the little C, people's on edge for sure. So he's he's a brave gentleman, man. Yeah. Most definitely. I I, I spent my time running from bullies and everything like that. So uh, in in school, so he's. It took me a long time to learn to 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 not get in fights. I always thought I you know. If it made you a coward to not get in a fight, and it took me a long time to realize, I'd rather I'd rather pe- have people think whatever they will about me and still be alive, than just keep continue to uh, get into fights because I felt obligated to. And nobody wins a fight. Nobody. I mean, even if you even if you send the guy to the hospital, you're gonna walk away with with some damage and and that you did, don't need and have to recover for several days after it and all that stuff. It's never a good thing. <laughs> but, I'm gonna tell you. I tell you. I used to do a Robert De Niro impersonation back in the day because I, I used to watch gangster movies because I couldn't fight. So I, I just, I just watched Robert De Niro, and I was like, if I can act like Robert De Niro, no one's gonna approach me. Nobody's going to fight me. So every time somebody tried to come at me, I'm just, hey, you talking to me? <laughs> you, you talking to me? I tell you what. I tell you what we're gonna do. You're going to go that way. I'm going to go that way. And we're going to forget this whole thing ever happened. Forget about it. I'm telling you. And it actually wrote work every single time, man. Because people yeah, thought no. I was a part of the mob. Even though I'm a black guy, they still thought I had an uh, Italian father. So that was for me. <laughs> could happen. Could happen. Yeah, could happen. You know, that that's what that's the rumor I spread it around for protection, you know. <laughs> you know, I had my uncle drop me off in a pink Cadillac. You know, it, it worked a little bit. I never That's had to fight because I couldn't fight, but uh, it saved me some uh, some beatdowns for sure. Yeah, so. and, and sense of humor. I mean, comedy is a, a good diffuser of that kind of stuff. Just being able to make people laugh keeps you out of a lot of fights, right? Oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I, I've seen some guys that uh, going too far with the audience. So 
And I try to tell my friends, I say, if this if this guy double your size, don't pick at him in the audience. Because he could approach it. You know, a lot of us comedians, we're not made it to the big time level where we got these big securities so we can say whatever we want to say. But well, I, he, I want to talk to you about that, big, big securities. Because I know I saw on your Facebook page when you were, had uh, commented on the Dave Chappelle thing. That seems odd to me that he did, because Dave Chappelle couldn't afford better security. And that guy had a clear running path of 30 or 40 feet. And you would think Chappelle had enough security. A guy like, he's got to have enough money to hire security to stop that guy before he gets to Dave, right? Yeah, I think I think Dave Chappelle's security was all taking brownies that night. They was all high out their mind. They, <laughs> I know he fired his whole security staff because he's got money. I know he has security. It's no way that guy's supposed to be able to get up once and then the, and do that, you know? Right. And then I, the conspiracy theories start like it was staged. I had a guy tell me it must have been staged because how does a homeless guy get $200 for a ticket to go see uh, Dave Chappelle anyway? And how did he get in there with a knife gun or a gun knife, whatever the hell they call that thing? But it, it's just, it, the whole thing didn't make sense to me. Like, how could Dave Chappelle not be protected better than that? So I would imagine he fired everybody after that show. Oh, my I God. I don't know where he had his security from. He must got yeah. them from Toys R Us or something. I don't know. This is crazy. But uh, yeah, um, it may have been staged because the guy, yeah, like you said, if he's homeless, he's get two hundred dollars front row seat. And, right. and but the man, did you see his arm? It looked like that guy arm. Yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he had a slinky for an arm or something. Did you see that? Yeah, like they, they they ripped it off and glue, and crazy glued it back on the wrong way or something. That's yeah, I think the security like. knew they was getting fired, so they made him pay. They said, you know what, we're breaking your arm tonight because that that was <laughs> you cost me my job. I'm gonna now you. I'm gonna cost you an arm. Oh my uh, gosh! And I don't know even whatever happened with that. Um, if we can change gears here a little bit, uh, are you married? Yeah, yeah, I've been married for seven years, and, okay. and I'm, I'm gonna tell you this: being married to me is like Chinese food. It's sweet and the sour, you know what I mean? It's it's, it's sweet in the be <laughs> it's sweet in the beginning because me and my wife, you know, we actually loved each other. No, yeah, it was real love. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? The sour part, like my wife, she gets mad at me, and she, you know, she do weird stuff to me. You know what I'm saying? Um, like uh, she got mad at me one time and uh i said i told her i said hey baby come up here uh let's make love so we, we made love or whatever like that and uh afterwards i you know i lit a joint and i was like hey baby did you come and she said yeah i came upstairs for nothing <laughs> i'm like you could have at least lied and told me uh, i was halfway there you know, so I think I think she's keeping it too real with me, right? You know, she's just keeping it too real, and that's what happened after you get past five years. You know, it's 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 horrible. So uh, I, I don't it, know. <laughs> that's the sour part. You know what I yeah. mean? The yeah, reason so. the reason I asked you this is because I I went to your TikTok page. I didn't even know you had one till this morning, and I went there and I was actually thirty seconds late starting the show because I was watching it, and it seemed like a lot of. Uh, you just like uh, looking for commentary on dating or relationship uh, based videos. And I, I'm always interested in, in relationship stuff. What What's the deal with your TikTok page? Okay. So the deal with my TikTok page is I get people in my inbox was flooding me out because a lot of my stand up is 
I, I, I am a certified relationship uh, coach. You know what I'm saying? So I talk a lot about marriage and I talk about a lot about how to get a girl if you're single and different things that, of that nature. So what I started doing on TikTok was it takes so much energy to just keep putting content out, put content out. And people kept asking me about what do you think about this? What do you think about this? So in, in order for me to make a good conversation piece, I would take all these relationship shows, post them up, let people just go crazy. As you can see, that stuff goes crazy on TikTok. Yeah, yeah. And then I just chime in on them on the comments and just give like try to give the sound advice through there. And uh, it's pretty fun. As you can see, there's a lot of wild comments and everything like that. And uh, and then when sports season, you know, I, I am an Atlanta Falcons fan. I know. Don't You can feel bad for me when we lost to New England. <laughs> we, we blew a Super Bowl lead by 30, uh, 24 points. Yeah, that, that's us. But uh, <laughs> I do stuff when, during football season on, on, on football as well. And uh, – Boy, I'm telling you, those guys get riled up on things I'll be saying about, you know, the sports and things of that nature. So that's the TikTok is it's it's it, it, the, you know, the Internet is changing so much. So you can't do it like Instagram. So I'm trying to be innovative to keep my uh, elite, my name and myself relevant. So I found a way to interact with my fans and stuff through posting videos and everybody's just going crazy about them. Gotcha. So, yeah. I want to talk. I want to talk about this relationship thing because I I had this thought yesterday, and I don't know why. Well, sometimes maybe I smoke too much weed. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> but somebody said about whenever you see people with a joint uh, Facebook account, like a, a married couple, and they have one Facebook account, that's one of them cheated. And I started thinking, <laughs> from my perspective, it's it could be that. But it could be that the fe- the girl in the in the relationship has been ch- cheated on by so many guys that she's like, I'm not I'm not taking any chances with this one. I'm gonna keep a, keep them on a short lease, that kind of thing. And and basically, I think I feel like she's probably right. Yeah, <laughs> probably, yeah. Probably she right. have his passwords. He don't. She have his login. Only thing he got is a picture on there. Everything else has been filtered through her. Yeah, that's she's she's got him in the chokehold, and he's not going to get out of it. It's only right. going to get tighter and tighter as the relationship progresses. Yeah, <laughs> but see, the I thing see. about cheating is, it's nothing nobody can do. I mean, it's nothing you can do about it if it happens. You know, it's it's just like one of those things where it'll just drive you crazy even thinking about it. So, uh, I, I'm kind of like just. Like, I only I just trying to control myself. You know what I'm saying. So I, but like I told my 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 wife now, I said, you know, if if I caught if I caught you if I catch you cheating, you know, I'm gonna tell you what I'm gonna do straight forward, and I'm just gonna cut both her ass cheeks off. You know, and that's gonna be it. So you know, she's not gonna be able to sit anywhere on anybody's lap, and it's gonna be comfortable ever again. I'm just gonna <laughs> cut both cheeks off. So. <laughs> So I don't worry about anything else. If if she cheats, she's not gonna have ass cheats anymore. So that's, that's the deal. Well, I guess that's a, enough uh, incentive not to. But I uh, it's it's just funny about the, the state of uh, you know. And I think about relationships all the time. Now you you're a professional relationship coach. Do you, you don't have like a counseling practice, or people actually come to you and talk about these things? No. Yeah, we do. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I have my wife with me, and um, 
we do these monthly events down here in Jacksonville at uh, at this uh, hotel where it, it'd be about uh, sometimes like 80, 90 people show up. And what we do is we do uh, speed dating with a twist. That's what it's called. So speed dating with a twist. We do some um, blindfold and some things like that for the singles. We ask questions and then we try to match them up, but they can't see each other because they're blindfolded in the beginning and then take the blindfolds off and then they get to talk. And then after that, we do a little comedy show afterwards and everybody get wine and have drinks and have a good time. And then we, you know, and, and then we, we also do a panel of questions uh, before the comedy show where people have relationship questions and we answer them. And I'm a wild one, so I say anything because I'm a stand-up comedian and we get laughs through that. But my wife is like, come on, be serious. We got to help these people. So she's more the yeah she's more the responsible one so we we have fun and then it's been a lot of people that's been in getting in long-term relationships from the event so we're going to kind of keep it going because i feel like uh people are going to get married and have kids and i guess i would be some kind of way the creator of their situation so I guess that's I'm, good. Yeah. That's good. Uh, I'm not a big believer, and I'm on my second marriage now. And uh, <laughs> I, I, I'm for me personally, I'm I'm happy with my life, and I know that this is this is as far as it goes for me. I mean, I'm never gonna, I'm not gonna get divorced. And if I, if God, if God forbid something happened, I would never want to even date again. But I think when people go for help with their relationship problem, what they're really looking for is a third party to say, I'm right and she's wrong. <laughs> really, They want you to kind of uh, validate, like the guy wants you to va- take his position and the, 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 the woman wants you to take her position. But all the whole purpose they're coming to talk to you is so that you can say that I'm right and he's wrong or she, she's wrong. <laughs> you know, You're exactly kind of. right. It's just like It's just like kindergarten. <laughs> Who, whoever agrees then you can't say nothing else they like see i told you and and that's you're on your right they're not really trying to fix the relationship uh, they a lot i would say a, a large percentage do want to be right even offer me money on the side you know like hey you can lean towards me and put the bucks i'm like <laughs> i'm like dude no Put your money back. We got to do this fair, man. I can't do it that way. You know. Yeah. That, that, yeah. So, um, yeah. And once, once that, once if we say that one person is right, you should see the look on their face. It's like they won the lottery. They're like, I know, I know. I know. <laughs> yeah, and but uh, I think celebrating that too much could get you killed by your partner. Because I, early on, my wife and I went to couples counseling, and there was a time where the, the counselors agreed with me, and I, I celebrated a little too much, and she was, she, oh, man, did that make her angry. I mean, more, <laughs> they don't, don't, like ce- to be wrong. don't celebrate your victories. Don't not, don't, you know, don't spike yeah, the ball. Don't celebrate <laughs> it. She still got to make your food now. You know, you want some tea? Yeah, you got to be careful. Yeah. Don't celebrate so, this must be a gold mine for you for material for your show. Uh, uh, yes, first of all, yes or no? That that's got to be like a yes, great. Yes, most definitely. So the I get ever... I get my material from every which way, I, and what's crazy is I get a lot of my material from TMZ. 
but they got the wild, crazy stories that's that's that so that circulate. So I I read TMZ and I see all this wild stuff, and then I make jokes out of it. And 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 of course, with us doing these events, it's like I can't even write all this stuff down. There's so much material right. that comes. Ever have ever have somebody come to a stand up show and say, "Hey, wait a minute." You got that for that. That was me and my my girl at the workshop. <laughs> you, not not yet, because normally I do it when they're there. You know, because we have the uh, we have we actually do the panel and everything first, and then I have a couple buddies and we come in and they stay and people stay for the comedy show. So I actually re- rememberize the most craziest stuff that they're saying, and then I actually call them out while I'm on stage and embarrass the hell out of them, and uh, they just be like, ah. So. Uh, <laughs> William yeah. Conway, who's a comedian, is also in the, in the, one of the chat rooms. He says, "Paying your counselor to guess like your partner geese." Well, I, I I don't know. You're not a counselor, right? You're or, no, no. You? I'm not a counselor. Just a coach. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just okay. a coach. Not a, not an actual counselor. Uh, <laughs> no, I, 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 I'm I'm stand up comedian number one. This is just something that we added in because um, I just. That's what that's what they after the feedback of everything and some of the stuff that my wife was putting together, we just kind of merged this thing together because she's more of the relationship expert type right. person. So that's when that's when we put it together. I I hear you. I hear you mm-hmm. loud. I'm reading between the lines here and saying your wife is probably listening somewhere. <laughs> I haven't got hit in the head yet, so I'm hopefully I'm doing okay. She's got a baseball bat behind the bed, so. Um, oh yeah. yeah. Sometimes I have uh, to sleep with a helmet on. So you know, it, it, interesting stuff. Now, before you, you mentioned uh, smoking a joint, before do you, uh, are, are you an active uh, pot smoker, a weed smoker? I'm calling yes. it the wrong thing. Yes. I yes. just saw I just saw a, a poll this morning that 58 percent of people call it weed, but I'm all, I'm so old that I still call it pot. I think people from my generation still call it pot, but I'm I'm learning to call it weed. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm an active weed smoker, man, and uh, weed has been very beneficial to me in my life. Um, but one thing I can say, I can't get too high because I, I had something weird happen to me. Um, uh, you know, my friend brought some brownies and I ate some brownies, and then um, I started smoking a couple of joints. I got too high. Um, I looked out the window, and I said, "Oh snap! Somebody have stole my car." So I called 911 and she said, okay, I'm going to send an officer out. She said, where are you at? I looked around. I was in my car, man. Yeah, I was actually <laughs> in my car. <laughs> so I said, okay, I got to keep my milligrams low because this is not, this is, I can't get to there. So yeah. Y- so yeah, I- you got to be careful with that because they'll pull up and, and think you sh- you're, you're the guy and, yeah. and <laughs> you're the beat. Yeah. <laughs> I, I was in my car. You know that was embarrassing. I just slowly hung up the phone. I said, "Let me get in the house before they show up." You know. So, I don't think uh, I've never mixed, uh, and I always tried edibles recently. Uh, but you're mixing brownies <laughs> and, and smoking—that's that sounds like a dangerous thing. I never done both at the same time. Well, you uh, know, I, and, and I don't yeah. go on stage anymore smoking either. I wanted but, to say that. But does it help? It helps with uh, writing and preparing your material, yeah or no? Oh yes, yes. You can smoke and you can write a whole. You can you can write probably about ten premises and jokes. Right. But on stage, what I notice with me is it doesn't work with me on stage. You know, no, it slow I, I, it slows my energy down. 
Right. But some guys, they do it and, and they actually mix it with alcohol and they're on stage and they're killing. It's just, I don't know, it just depends on the way your, you know, your brain works. Yeah, um, definitely. I, I can't. I mean, and I've, I've been using weed pot, whatever you want to call it, for uh, five decades with some breaks off in the middle there. But for, for the most part, for 50 years, I've been getting high. But... On stage, if I do it, I I know I suck. And I did one time when the bait pens first came out. I thought, well, this will be really cool because now I can get high and nobody will smell it. Nobody will know I'm actually doing it. So I went up on stage and I was vaping pretty hard be right before we started. And we started the first song and I was like, I don't. I forgot how to play it. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. You have it, it. It relaxes you too much, where you just like, should I fall asleep up here? I don't know. But yes, yeah, a song I played ten thousand times. I can't remember how to play it. It's like, yeah, those vapes are those vapes are strong, man. Because you know, down here they got the, um, you know, you can have the little card down here, and and they got the the, the dispensaries. So that you know, so, so you, yeah. Dispensaries, though, so it, it's legal down there, or medical only, or, re or recreational? What's the deal? In, in... It's 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 not it's not recreational like California, but if you got a uh, if you pay the three hundred dollars for this card, you get right. uh, and you yeah. got it's more medical, but it's you know it's yeah. We went through that here, uh, and I, but now it's it's recreational, but you still can't buy it anywhere. But we were talking about this this morning about the the black market still being cheaper than like those medical dispensaries and even the recreational dispensaries you know, even up here. Uh, do you finding that like it's still cheaper to to get and better weed that you can get without going to the you know well. Uh, let me tell you, my weed guy, he all he's cheaper, but he's super paranoid because he's always high out his mind when it's time for me and him to go drop. <laughs> so he's always thinking I'm the police and shit, you know? Yeah, what I mean? yeah, yeah. Then one yeah. time he's he thinking I'm Spike Lee. He's like, you're not CJ, you're Spike Lee, man. I'm like, dude, I'm not Spike Lee, you know what I'm saying? I'm CJ. But, uh, so he started making me nervous. So now I'm just going to the dispensaries, man, because the guy... I, I told him I'm in Walmart parking lot. You know, I drive I drive a black BMW, and he's circling around, circling around. He's like, "No, man, you you know that's not you. You're Spike Lee." And he's just took off and left. So I, I'm like, you know, this guy too paranoid. I told him, "Lay off your own stuff, man. You got at least baby to sell it." Spike Lee could come up with a more contemporary uh, guy than Spike Lee. That's a shame. I mean, is Spike even do anything anymore? I don't. I mean, I haven't heard from him since. I, I haven't heard of him since uh, what Malcolm X film or something. I haven't, yeah, right, right. Yeah, but you know, every time I'm on stage, I I say that because people always confuse me for him, especially if I'm up on the northern region and stuff like that. Really? Like, yeah, on the airplanes and everything. Like, you oh, we got to we got to get you to a Nick game because he's he's famous for being uh, causing shit at Nick games. We got to get you right right in the front <laughs> row of a Nick game and see see what kind of havoc we can cre create with that. Yeah, I'm gonna do something. I'm gonna do something wild and then get out of there. So they're gonna blame Spike. Yeah, right. <laughs> and then we get out of the pay, and it'll be on TMZ the next day, and you'll be on TMZ commenting on on the incident. Yeah, TMZ, <laughs> I have me back on there. There'll be something else, huh? And then they'll be like, "Man, why didn't you do that?" I'm like, "What are you?" Yeah, Spike Lee, man. You know, I hate when people call me Spike Lee because I seen, I actually seen him in real life. You know, I seen him, and he's. 
you know, to me, I'm not trying to be funny, but to me, I know. Spike Lee actually fun. looked like a teenage mutant ninja turtle. I'm not lying. You know, <laughs> he really does. He's short and he's got this hump in his back. So yeah, I'm like, yeah. don't compare me to a hero in a half shell. Come on, pick somebody else. Give me Denzel or somebody. I don't know. Anybody yeah. Spike Lee. It, yeah. Uh, well, it could be worse, man. Let me tell you, it could be worse. Because for years, I got Jesse Ventura. And, oh. you know. <laughs> And I've got, because now with the glasses, since I started wearing the glasses, I get Groucho Marx a lot. So, you know, I get a whole bunch of weird ones like that. Jay Leno once thought I, I look like G. Gordon Liddy. I don't even know. You, since you were born in the 80s, you might not even know. Who I don't is. know, but I know Jesse. You uh, you kind of, you remember, like, like when I looked at your page and I yeah. looked at, I, I actually was like, is this Jesse Ventura podcast? Like this? Yeah. Well, <laughs> and the only problem I have with Jesse is, is, is the shakes because he, he, I don't know if, if, if he's got like a, some kind of disease, but he can't seem to, 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 to talk without, you know, all constantly. Oh, he's moving around. Yeah. Rock, yeah. Rocking and shaking and like, what's did, wrong? Just calm down. Did, did Jesse run for, he's a political guy now, right? He No, not anymore. He ran for governor. He won. He was governor of Minnesota for two terms. And then now he's uh, not really. Since he, that Ooh. whole thing with, um, he, he, he sued because the guy who wrote the book about the, the Patriot, the sniper guy, uh, uh, said he knocked him out, and people turned it on him against that whole Fox News thing. You know, oh, so he, the whole Fox, the whole it. conservative world turned against him, and now he's persona non grata on those people. So, I wonder if he's gonna get back in, in, in wrestling again. I wonder. Nah, he's too old. He's too old. He's, um, yeah, he's too old. He's got to be close to eighty. Ooh, no, he can't get in there. He'll break yeah. something. <laughs> <laughs> He'll break something for sure. Yeah, He'll be suing. Um, so uh, we got about uh, we got a couple of minutes left here before we have to say goodbye to Gov's Radio Network. Um, so um, gigs coming up. You got anything to to promote? You want to let people know about? Yeah, I got uh, a show coming up um, on Labor Day weekend. It's called the Smoke Show. Yeah, and it's going to be down here in Jacksonville at the Red Gill. Um, and basically, people can smoke. I don't know. And 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 why we upstairs? telling crazy crazy funny jokes and uh we do these stories as well so we 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 talk about all these high stories and all these smoke stories that we have and then people in the audience be like half-baked so they're like and it's just a cool way to come together with the smokers down here so i'll be doing that more more about that kind of stuff uh fun fun stuff and you know because here you you can get your get thrown in jail for smoking a cigarette in the wrong place, but it's it's weird. So I'm hearing about people having smoke lounges and and mm-hmm. smoke shows and stuff like that. It's really uh, world is changing, man. Yeah, I've, I've been doing these smoke shows for a while. Um, I do a, I do one on four twenty too. Uh, you know. 420 and but sometimes it takes you know 420 only comes around once a year so now i kind of at least do at least three or four a year now and everybody's it's popular demand down here because of the it's the hot i mean i I think about 80 percent of people in this area smoke down here i was trying to guess the number of people in america that smoke because you know one of these crazy people from fox news again this morning on twitter there was a, a piece Laura Ingram saying that the 
mass shooter on on July Fourth, the guy who shot up at the parade, was, did it because he's he was a weed smoker. And I'm like, you know, there's got to be 120 million or more weed smokers in, in America. If there, if that's a re, if if everybody who smoked weed became a mass shooter, we'd all be dead. Yes, <laughs> yes, the world would no longer be here. That is right. nuts. He can't blame it. Please don't blame it on the marijuana. I, I could see it if, it, if she said meth. If he was a meth smoker, yes. I'd say, yeah, possibly. Those fucking people are all like um, Walking Dead anyway, um, zombies. But weed smokers don't. The last thing you want to do is go get in trouble. Yeah, you don't want to get in trouble. You want to love, peace, and happiness, man. <laughs> I, I want to laugh. I want to. Yeah. Do you uh, put any weight into the whole? I this whole marketing stuff sativa and indica and one is one is make you more creative and the other one makes you just tired and sleepy or or you know do you do you buy into that at all or is that just marketing hype um i tried both different strains and um one of them the one uh the, the sativa i think it made me more of of uh, a body high and then the indica was more of a head high so not really. They still make me feel pretty much about the same. I mean, I guess I don't know if it was just because they told me and now right, yeah, it could be placebo effect, all that stuff. Because to me, it always feels like it works backwards. Yeah, <laughs> works, yeah. The stuff that's supposed to make me creative makes me sleepy, and the stuff that's supposed to make me sleepy makes me creative. So who knows? I don't. Know. Yeah, I don't. I don't really buy into it because I don't think if they told me, I would know. I think I think just because they told me there in my mind, I'm like, oh, now, yeah, but. If they didn't tell me, it would probably be the same effects for me. That's right. that's the way I feel about it. <clears throat> but um, yeah, yeah. You you mentioned uh, being a Falcons fan. Uh, is football your only sport, or your main sport, or you uh, you into other sports as well? Football is my main sport, but football is kind of like I don't know. It's it's losing a little momentum. So now I guess basketball is starting to pick up steam. Uh, but uh, it's my main sport because I just I can't get enough of it. But uh, I like I like I like uh, baseball. I like basketball. You Braves fan? You Braves yeah. fan? Yeah, we just won. Yeah, man, I was. Like, I, they, Braves have been incredibly hot now. Uh, uh, as a, I used to be a Mets fan, I'm not really anymore. I like to bust the Mets fans shop because they had, had assumed by April they were going to uh, win the World Series because they had a good April. And I keep saying, you know what? Baseball's a long season. Yeah. And and Braves fans were, were with me like, I hope you're right. I hope you're right. And sure enough, now the Braves are looking like they, they're coming on strong. So that's why I kind of wanted to ask you about that. Uh, yeah, yeah, I was, proud of, I was proud. Of, <laughs> I was proud when they won, man. I, I really was because I know the last time they won was 20 years prior to the one that we won the uh, last year. So I was, right. I was like, they really about to win this thing, but they put together that team because they lost. We lost some big time names, and then the general manager he pulled it together. In the beginning, I I thought they looked at nice, but I didn't think that they was gonna probably last and keep it. But actually, they built momentum towards and got really really good towards the end. And once they got in the playoffs and they got out of that first round, I say it's a chance we may do this. And I yeah. I'm happy, man, because the Falcons, ugh. So at least yeah. I got something to hold on to, you know, with right. the with the Braves winning the World Series because, oh boy, those Falcons. So I I have it to 
and uh, I'm going to say, say to you basically what I say to everybody. If you have anything to promote beyond what we talked about here today, I have your Facebook, uh, CJ Comedian Comedy. So Facebook.com, CJ Comedian Comedy is where you, where people can follow you. You don't use that very much, though, and don't do a whole lot of promotion there. So uh, where do people find out? about where you are going to be so that and you can always if if you have something you want to let people know about you can drop me a line and just say let people know about this but other than the facebook page that i'm sending people to which is in the link in the description where else can people follow you you can follow me on uh cj comedy at twitter cj the dunn on uh cj stand up on instagram and on TikTok is CJ Stand Up, and you can catch all those crazy antics and read those comments or where those people's going nuts over the videos I posted. Um, like I said, I'll be in Jacksonville for the next month doing shows down here. Uh, I have the, the smoke show coming up on uh, on Labor Day weekend. So it's in, at the Red Guild. That's on the south side of Jacksonville. And just... Just stay tuned to me online, man. And I, I, I got stuff posted on, on Instagram coming up, what I'm going to be having going on. Uh, and that's pretty much it, man. Pretty cool. Uh, so, you know, like I said, if you have stuff that you want people to know about something, you know, and remind me again when it gets closer to Labor Day about the smoke show, and we'll be glad to pu- uh, push that for you. We do have a uh, pretty big listenership in, in the Jacksonville area because I've had several comedians on uh, from that area, and they've all done well. So let, let keep me informed. Just drop me a DM or something. I'll be glad to uh, help promote that in any way I can. And Thanks. It's been a been a pleasure to have you on. You're a great, a great guy, and I, 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 you made me laugh harder than Joe Rogan ever did. I, I want to say that. <laughs> Thank you, man, for having me. You have a really, really nice podcast. Uh, I've been, I've been anticipating this. Like we had to get this stuff together, but I'm so glad you that you had me on, and this has, this has been great. This has been great. Appreciate it, man. Do, be well, and uh, much success to you, and continued success. And we'll, we'll be. Following Thank you. you. Thank you, man. I'll see you around. Uh, CJ Hightower, the Don, folks. Uh, it's time to say goodbye to governors really quick. Uh, goodbye, governor. We're done for the day. Um, tomorrow, before I say goodbye to governors, tomorrow Chris Monty will be on. Chris has uh, been on. Oh, my God. He was on Gov's radio with uh, Hershey and Keegs last night. He'll be on with me tomorrow morning. And then right after me, he'll be on with Tony Walker. And then he'll be performing on Long Island this week in Belmore uh, at the brokerage Friday and Saturday night. So catch me tomorrow with that. So, uh, okay, we're, we're done with Govs. Anyway, now we're all alone. Govs is, is done. I just want to uh, kind of wrap things up here. Uh, wasn't really paying attention to uh, the chat room as much uh, while I was having that conversation with CJ. Great guy. And I appreciate his, uh, his sense of humor, his take on things, and, uh, you know, just his general approach to stuff. I love, if you're out there and thinking about ways to grow your audience, I love what he's doing on TikTok. He's taking something that people care about, not necessarily, he's not putting his stand-up out there. He's taking stuff that people, there's an Ori and an interest group and a... a um, a people a, a a subject that people are want to know more about want and will bring in an audience and he's using that as a platform to comment on grow comments on grow uh, engagement with it's a great great idea very clever very smart 
business tactic for a comedian or anybody in the entertainment audience. I'll, I'll be honest with you. I'm going to, I haven't been on TikTok, but I'm going to see, think about how I can employ that for the, for the podcast, for all this stuff. That basic idea of taking something, short clips that people, there is already an active, engaged audience for, using that as a launching uh, step-off platform for uh, building more engagement. Great idea. I hope you take some uh, some tips or, or some inspiration from that that approach. Anyway, that, I'm going to wrap it up. I do have some, I do have uh, a couple of daytime shows today that I need to get to, which is why I'm wrapping up a little bit early today. Appreciate everybody being here. I hope you'll be here with me tonight. Derek Sheen, the very funny Derek Sheen will be with me tonight on Mind Dog TV podcast. I hope you'll join me for that. And then tomorrow, Chris Monty will be here. And then, of course, <clears throat> on Friday morning, the one and only artist uh, and comedian, uh, the fabulous, handsome, debonair Brett Brock, or we like to call him Bart Brick. Uh, will be with us. So join me then. Thanks for coming. Have a great rest of your day and bye for now.
to me now. Listen to me, listen to me, listen to me now. Listen to me, listen to me, listen to me now. Listen to me, listen to me, listen to me now.